You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call. As today, your Indiana Hoosiers defeated Rutgers 66-60 to move to 17-7 overall and 8-5 in the Big Ten and winners of 7-8 of after a rough start in the Big Ten. Great effort tonight, uh, rebounding from a very emotional win over the number one team and then two days later coming in against the second best team in the Big Ten in Rutgers beating them and taking over that second-place spot in the Big Ten. Could be a tie, but we'll take that second-place spot right now. I'm your host, uh, Coach Brian Tonsoni, uh, and uh, I'm with Ryan Phillips. Jared Morris will uh, join us in about 30 minutes to finish up the show, but we'll break it down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. So let's start uh, this show the way we start every show and that's with our banner moment. And, man, there I think there are a lot of banner moments, Ryan, that you could really pick out. Uh, Trey Galloway's play at the very end to really kind of get some final separation at, at a key uh, moment. Uh, I think also the number of times that Indiana answered Rutgers' runs. And the one I'm going to talk about for the banner moment is coming out of half, a little disappointing, got outplayed the last five minutes of the first half, and then uh, got down to – a three-point lead at halftime, and then coming out of the half, Rutgers hits a three to go to 40-40. And then next thing you know, uh, Indiana stretches the lead back to 47-40 to uh, and then kept that lead for most of the, of the second half. So I just thought that uh, they did a really good job of answering the bell, especially when it was 40-40, that uh, after having a 14-point lead at 30-16, to that that play and one play in particular was Trace Jackson Davis got a post feed and he went over his left shoulder turned to his right hand and powered it up I might have had a dunk uh, at that point to put Indiana up 45 to 40 and that really kind of set the tone I thought Indiana played and dominated the first 15 minutes of every half and kind of got outplayed the last five minutes of each half you'll have that against good quality teams but they answered runs today, Ryan, and I think that was a key part of this win, and that is our banner moment. So now it's time to move the ball, uh, hit the open man, and, and get some opening thoughts uh, from our panel, uh, and we only have one right now, and it's Ryan, <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll get some opening thoughts from Jared. But what did you think tonight uh, as IU wins 66-60? to 60? Yeah, sorry to disappoint, guys. I'm the only other panelist tonight. Um, <laughs> look, Indiana has had issues with Rutgers for years. No matter who the coach is, no matter who the players are, it's it's a toughness factor. And Rutgers pushes people around. They'll hammer you. They'll hit you hard. They play like a football team. And I don't mean that necessarily in a derogatory sense. They are a tough, tough team. And that's what Steve Peichel has built there. Uh, but Indiana coming away with the win, I know la the last about – what about 12 minutes was not pretty, but they, they found a way to tough it out. And, you know, right now you look at it, he has won seven of eight and are eight and five in the big 10 and are in second place. And nobody seems to want second place in the big 10. Well, guess what? Indiana is there right now. And India has got a, got, got an inside track on getting that and controls its own destiny for that, you know, double buy in the big 10 tournament. Uh, where I'm going to go tonight is, is a guy who I think has been maligned by Indiana fans, I think unfairly, and I've been, sort of been an advocate for all year, and that's Miller Kopp. I thought he played a phenomenal game on both ends. There were a few times he got loose with in transition like 
guys get get a couple shots up. That's going to happen throughout the course of the game. But Miller was hustling and playing as hard as anybody on the floor throughout the entire game. He led Indiana in plus minus at plus 11, hit four of six threes. Um, you know, six and nine from the floor, finished with 18 points. He was a second leading scorer on a night where Jalen Huchifino did not have his jump shot and did not have his offense and I thought was forcing it a lot um, in a way he didn't against Purdue. Uh, and in a way, we've seen him when he's had those struggling games. He's kind of forced his jumper, shot a little too much. He shot nine times, only made it twice. But in a game where that's happening from the perimeter, um, you know, you need somebody else to step up. And we talked about it with Mark Titus after the Ohio State game. Indiana's ceiling is going to be determined by the role players. Jalen Huchifino and Trace Jackson Davis are going to be great. It's the other guys that are going to have to do, that are going to determine how good this team is. Tamar Bates, Trey Galloway, uh, Miller Cop. Race Thompson, Malik Renew. That's what determines how far Indiana can go. And tonight, you always have to have a guy stepping up. And tonight it was Miller Cop. And I thought, not just with his offense, but on both ends, I thought he was great defensively. I thought he moved really well defensively. I thought he got up into their guards and really attacked them. And, and so that's the guy I, I think is worth focusing on. Obviously, I think we're going to talk a certain guy next who deserves our attention as well. But before we do that... We need to mention that our banner moment and opening comments are sponsored by our friends at Onefield Apparel, now in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call, and they're second in the, as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. As you surely know by now, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you'll find anywhere with beloved logos like two different versions of the Bison. And if you support other college teams or have people in your life who do, Homefield probably has something for them too. Their product line now extends to more than 120 different schools with unique vintage logos for all of them. And they just came out with hats, and they're coming out with quarter zips, and my bank account is dwindling. Um, I kind of got the look from Mrs. Tonsoni to hold off for a couple weeks, but buy your home field stuff. And no matter what you buy, you know it'll be comfortable. The colors will last through many washings, plus you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through the Kelly School of Business. What could be better than that? So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, that's H-O-M-E, for 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, Ryan, let's go back to Trace Jackson Davis. I think that's where you were leading me uh, to talk about. But before that, I'd like to add to your comments about Miller Cop. They started to move him uh, in the last couple games. And, and Coach Adranya, uh in my coach's corner in the community, we, we saw some actions that Indiana had and maybe decided to use or designed coming into the Purdue game that they were using again tonight. And it just makes it a little bit difficult for Miller Cop uh, to be guarded or to be found on closeouts. And he's still getting kick-out threes from the double and off the ball screen. Off, off, and off transition, too. And Yeah, and off transition. But, man, this is the Miller Cop that can really help Indiana score and make uh, Indiana really tough to beat going down the stretch. And not only that, Ryan, uh, I thought – I mean – you might be – we're not in the third segment yet, but you can give them the game ball, the hustle award, the leadership award. I mean, Miller – this is a Miller Cop night, uh, I believe. It's probably a way to give him an Emmy in there. Yeah, yeah I mean, a he, Grammy. He was, he was, he was excellent. <laughs> he, he was just all over the court. Um, and, and I thought he, he did a good job. And 
really when he went out there with his fourth foul, I thought, you know, things got a little stagnant. So they did. I, I thought I thought I, that threw off the rhythm a little, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just it's good to see a guy who who puts the team first. It's good to see a guy who has patiently waited for his opportunities to score the basketball come up big in a game like Indiana has lost six in a row to Rutgers. And, yeah. and this was this is a game they only, needed. They needed they this need game. It. I know it's it's not must win. I mean, you know, we, I hate right. that term for a must win game, but it was a game that they needed because again, they we've talked about this endlessly. Is this this program's had a problem with success, and you have a big right. win, and and a lot of programs have this problem where you have a big win, and then okay, the next team's coming to town, and you just have this massive letdown. And th- again, that happens in college sports. You're dealing with you know eighteen to twenty two year olds. You're gonna have that. It's just a natural reaction to kind of relax and start reading your press clippings and feel real good about yourself. And it happens in games. When you get up 15, everybody relaxes thinking they got the game one and the other team comes storming back. And we've seen all of that with this team. Um, but it's a big win because they were able to validate that Purdue win, you know, and last year when they beat Purdue, what happened next? They walked out and got absolutely annihilated by Michigan. And it just, it almost is, not not only is it a letdown, it almost takes everything back like three steps because then you're like, all right, back to the drawing board. Let's go, guys. Let's go back to the fundamentals or whatever. And they didn't do that today. They stepped up. They started the game real well with a lot of confidence and kept following it up. And, and when they did get punched in the mouth, they were able, while it was rough and it didn't look great at times, they were able to, to tough out that win, get a play like Trace, getting that rebound off of Race Thompson's air ball and putting it back through – contact that didn't get called and uh trey galloway coming up with that rebound you know those things that's what tough teams do and that's what teams who want to win do is they go after those things and playing his defense is as tough as they did you know through most of the first half is what tough teams do but the the trace jackson davis thing i mean you know this wasn't his best game he wound up with 18 rebounds uh but 20 points 8 of 14 from the field and and ruckers made it tough on him by sending by crowding the paint as they did the first time they played uh but man, what a career for that dude! Like, I'm sorry, the first two thousand points he got right on a dunk. Two thousand, I believe, two thousand points and one thousand rebounds. First player in Indiana history to do that. And whenever you're the first player in Indiana history to do something, and it's good, it's a good stat. Uh, you know, that's worth celebrating. And and I mean, what a career this kid has had. He's been through. He's seen the worst to some of the worst times of Indiana basketball, and to be doing that in his senior year. And to be having the team play the way it is, it's it's solely on him. I mean, let's be real. Without him, where is Indiana? Uh, you know, they got some good players and, and they'd probably be competitive. But to be second in the Big Ten right now, winning seven of eight and be racing up the the the, the rankings and, and having knocked off Purdue. This is Trace Jackson Davis's team. And it's it's been made in his image and he is just an absolute stud and i hope people appreciate him while he's here i know they have not had the tournament success they have not had the big 10 success they've not had that while he's been here but that's not on him this kid has played hard and he has done everything he could for indiana the entire time he's been on campus you've never heard a single like negative thing about him this kid works his tail off and he deserves all the accolades that are coming his way and any other year, he'd be the runaway national player of the year. It, it's a bummer for him that that's not the case this year. But, man, I just hope Indiana fans are appreciating this while it's here. You know, your, your best player has to be your hardest worker and your toughest player. And I, I know 
that that's a lot of pressure on TJD every night to carry carry this team. But man, has he responded? Like, yeah, he had some some turnovers and some questionable passes, but overall, twenty points, eighteen rebounds, six assists. But I'm really happy with the way he's guarded a couple big men here. He's pushing them off the block. He's in a stance. He's arm barring. Yeah. He's not taking possessions off on the defensive end, as well as blocking shots and being an intimidating threat there. He's really, you know, people have to really work to score against him. And I think that's, uh, you know, uh, that's something that isn't the blocks and rebounds are, are part of the defense. They're in the stat sheet. But I just like his physicality. Yeah, look, last year, Trace Jackson Davis made the all-defense team in the Big Ten, and I had some people texting me who were involved in the Big Ten, who were involved with teams, and who were cover the Big Ten, and thought it was hilarious. Because he put up a lot of block numbers, but until very late in the season, he didn't actually play great defense straight up. And he lost his guy chasing blocks a lot. He is a different player this year on that end of the floor. And that gets lost because of the gaudy numbers. He's breaking records and points and rebounds and all of that and having a triple-double and, uh, you know, putting up massive point totals. Um, you did, He did set the blocks record. But, again, blocks and steals aren't necessarily an indication of good defense. They're an indication of being good with the ball and and being good at, at, at anticipation and things like that. Some it's athleticism. Not, not, yeah, and athleticism and, and all of that and, and being opportunistic it's not always a measure of a good defender and he's become a very solid, smart defender one-on-one with, with other big men in this conference. And I think a lot of it is confidence. I think he just, you know, maybe he's cause he's the, he's the old guy on the block. Now he's got an understanding of that. He can beat these guys up and you've seen him in the past kind of, you know, in past years kind of wilt against some really good big men. He's not doing that this year, even against Zach Eady. He went straight up with Zach. Now Edie, he's impossible to stop. But but at the but Trace was there with him the entire game. He wasn't getting beaten. Edie was just shooting over him because he's got like what like eight inches on him. I mean it's so it's the kind of thing where it, it, he has become this excellent defender. Whereas he put up numbers and blocks and and steals and and whatever in the past. But I feel like he's actually become a good defender now. I think there's a few more uh, storylines uh, to talk about, and, and let, let's turn to a concern that I have. I'd like to get your opinion on it. I thought Indiana showed some fatigue um, from a schedule, from within the game, yep. from the rotations. This isn't necessarily a criticism because I understand you had to win this game. This is important. you got to play players who are playing well. But I thought some of the uh, attention to detail waned in the late first half when, when guys got tired, and again, you saw a little bit of it, and then they just summoned a, a timeout with 240, 2.50 to go. Woodson calls timeout, and they kind of got their air back uh, to them. Uh, we've talked a lot about it. Yes, you want to play your guys. You know, the bench has to step up to help some of their starters get some more more rest. Uh, you can't be having three-hour practices and everything because those guys showed some fatigue to me at the end of that first half, which allowed a 14-point lead to go down to three. Uh, I don't think it was uh, execution or the play calls or the players purposely doing it. I just thought they were worn out and lost their focus. When, yeah, what I was going to say when you're when you're worn out, you lose focus, attention to detail, all that's natural. It's not it's not one of those things where it's just like, well, it's specifically this guy. No, I mean it, it's hard when you're tired to to be at your best, and you look at the schedule and they hammered Ohio State on a Saturday, flew to Maryland on a Tuesday, and just didn't have it. Uh, they they played that really emotional great game against Purdue on Saturday 
came out tonight and ran out of gas. And it was pretty clear that guys across the board are running out of gas. I mean, Ray Thompson's about at about 60%, but he also is still getting his win back. You can tell in game, he's still getting his win. He looked dog tired at the end of the first half, looked dog tired at the end of the game. Trace Jackson Davis even looked tired a couple times. He played yes. 39 minutes. Jalen Huchifino really looked tired late in the first half or and uh, and then late in the second half again he played 37 minutes miller cop played 35 but he got that long rest when he got his fourth foul so he looked pretty fresh at the end of the game trey galloway at times was making mistakes with the ball and uh, you know and just kind of dribbling into bad situations where they had to back it out restart the offense um i would have liked to have seen malik renew a little bit more i would have liked to seen tamar bates a little bit more i think they really liked what uh, race Thompson was giving them defensively. And so they left him in. Uh, I think they felt like they needed their best ball handlers, which is why Tamar Bates didn't play that much. You saw George Geronimo get in the game for one minute, Caleb banks for four. They didn't look good. Uh, I mean, Geronimo, you can't really judge him because he was in for one minute, but banks kind of got lost a couple times and they said, Nope, you're out. Um, so, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen some bench guys in there a little bit more specifically renew, especially he got 14 minutes, uh, but he looked like he could hang in that he had five rebounds, five points in, in 14 minutes was a plus seven. The team was good with him on the floor. I just think they like the matchups late with race Thompson because he can play out on the floor a little bit more defensively. Yeah. And, and I just, again, we've always talked about maybe the adjustments weren't made or they're a little slow. I thought the coaching staff's done a really good job the last two games of getting Indiana tonight. They broke the press and attacked the press and got a couple of baskets. Yeah, they, so when really the press was available, uh, they did some nice things running offense, getting elbow catches and TJD the ball in space has been a really nice uh, adjustment. So I just thought the only issue tonight for me was the players got fatigued and they lost they their, their focus. And, so then the other story, and now go they, ahead. Well, I just say that now they're off till Saturday, so hopefully they right. can catch a win. But, I mean, people – it's hard to explain just how tiring a game like that Purdue game is. You know, it's it's emotional. You're 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 energetic for it a day before it comes. Then you're energetic for it. Then you're energetic after it. You know, it's it's not like you're just playing the game. It's all of this energy built up, and there is a letdown from that. It's why teams have letdowns after big games. It has nothing to do with desire or anything like that. It's they're just tired, and it's emotionally draining too. And you look at the guys who played really well against Purdue: Trey Galloway, Jalen Huchifino. You know, Tamar Bates, Bates didn't play much tonight, so you can't judge him. I thought Tamar played really well against Purdue in the in the time he was in there. But Galloway and Huchvino were clearly tired tonight, and they played really well. They expended a lot of energy on Saturday. Then to have that quick bounce back, man, uh, it's tough. You had two days to prepare for this game against a really good team. It's And, and, and let's be real, Rutgers hounds you. They wear yeah, you they out. They play great defense. Mentally and mentally, they wear you out. You were having to exert effort on both ends of the floor at all times. And, and, and that's going to tire you out. So that's when your reserves are really important. And uh, Mike Woodson, I know he really wanted this game, so he didn't use utilize them that much. I maybe would have gone to them when you were up a little in the first half, right. maybe just one or two guys and then funnel them in and out. Um, but you know, it is what it is. They came out with the wins. So you can't really argue with it, but it was clear. Those guys were, were real tired. So before we uh, end segment one and move on to, to some meaningful moments, the, the other storyline I think is that uh, Indiana kept their poise. We talked about fatigue, but I think they kept their poise. When Rutgers made runs, Rutgers was physical. Rutgers changed up defenses. I thought they kept their poise and for the most part made good decisions. Uh, th there was a few shots, a few sloppy turnovers, 
but they answered every run from the team that has been second, has been a, a, a top seed in the NCAA tournament, has had your number for a long time. I thought that is a really good sign for this team going forward that they can win battles within the game. They didn't let one segment or two segments or the stress of the game get to them. They executed down the stretch, pulled out a nice win. It's a resume-building win, but I thought they played with poise even through the fatigue. Even with how tired he was, Jalen Huchifino and his offense not working, Jalen Huchifino I thought was – pretty within himself aside from a few decisions to to shoot some some jumpers that maybe weren't the best idea um i i thought he played uh with veteran poise and, and at this point of the season guess what everybody's a veteran you know if you've been playing you're a veteran so uh i thought he you know that's what he, what's expected of him with who he is and i thought he really really hung in there and hung tough so coming up uh, on assembly call post game show we'll continue our breakdown of indiana's win over Rutgers. Uh, We'll point out some meaningful moments that you might have missed, then go inside the numbers. Uh, You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, this is AJ Moyer. What's the only thing better than upsetting Duke in the Sweet 16? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared. Andy, Ryan, and Coach for the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers! For my friends from the meetup, I had to play A.J. Moye. A.J. Moye. Uh, great defense tonight all around for your Indiana Hoosiers. But you're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with Ryan Phillips. Uh, we're awaiting uh, bedtime at the Morris household for Jared to join us. Uh, but now it's time for the meaningful uh, moment that you might have missed. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. Which is brought to you by our friends at the Hoosier Ticket Project where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. And speaking of... 
The number two ranked women play the number five Iowa women on Thursday night. A meaningful moment uh, is one where you would go watch them play in front of and make it a first-ever sellout crowd in IU's women's basketball history. But to help the cause, uh, we bought eight tickets and donated them to Hoosier Ticket Pro, uh, Project. We also bought two more to give away to listeners who can, who can attend. To enter the contest, just email Jared. The address is jared at assemblycall.com. That's jared at assemblycall.com. Tell him your favorite player on the women's team and confirm that you can attend the game on Thursday, and we'll pick one lucky emailer to get two tickets. So that is um, a chance for you to go or don't buy some tickets and donate them uh, on your own to follow our lead. Let's get that place packed uh, for the number two IU women. Um, okay. Um, so I think there's a lot of, of meaningful moments I'm going to talk about one in general. I mentioned it before the break, is the multiple defenses that Rutgers played. They started out in man. Then they went to a 2-3 zone. Then they went to kind of a matchup type of zone. They went to some press, uh, tried to uh, get into the dribbler. They tried some zone press. Then after a timeout, I believe early in the first half, they went to a 1-3-1. And that, you know, that can wear on you as well as all the other things that we talked about, the fatigue setting in. And that's where I thought Indiana – Really showed some poise. It wasn't perfect execution against every one of those. You know, Miller Cop dribbled into a, a, a sideline and got the ball stolen, and that was like a three-turnover ping-pong action there in the first half. Uh, there was a play where TJD got a nice pass against the 1-3-1, and he tried to whip it uh, from the low post to the opposite wing, and he, he threw it to the Rutgers bench because uh, there was no one there. But I thought they held their poise against changing defenses, which are designed to set you back mentally and get you off of your game. And, and it might have worked a little bit, but they were able to keep coming back. Yeah, I, I, I think that the ability to be um, sort of flexible in game has been something we've seen during this streak of them winning seven of eight and, and figure out what's going on now. And, and the other thing is – Mike Woodson is more willing to use his timeouts to adjust something if things aren't going well, which I think has changed over the last, you know, two months or month and a half. Uh, but I, I really think that that their ability to use Trace Jackson Davis to get the defense to react to him in any situation is opening things up for other people. And that's why you're seeing Jalen Trevino have better games. That's why you're seeing Trey Galloway at home, at least have better games. That's why you're seeing Tamar Bates have better games. It's, it's all about getting the defense to react to something, regardless of what defense they're in. And then that reaction creates other opportunities. So, and, and let's, and Trace Jackson Davis's ability to pass the ball is a huge part of that as well. So I, I think that the calm and poise they show against different defenses uh, is, is what is changed here. Whereas right. against Iowa, they panicked when they changed defenses. This has been more of a, okay, whatever it is, we'll figure it out. We'll get moving. Maybe it'll be a bad position or two, but we'll figure this out. And, and I, I feel like there's just that quiet confidence about it. Yeah, they're very confident in what they're doing right now. That doesn't mean they'll always – feels like it's growing, perfectly. too. Yeah, it, like it's growing. it has to be to, to win seven out of eight. Um, Ryan, meaningful moments. Yeah, I, I at the 12.36 mark, Rutgers cut the lead to five on a – Reber got a – it was a second chance uh, layup for, for Dean Reber and uh, Indiana went down um, race, missed a three, then uh, Palmquist missed a three. Indiana came back down. There was a foul, like a timeout or there was a media timeout. 
And uh, off the next play, Miller Cop got the ball in the corner wide open and knocked down a three. And and that was sort of like Rutgers was on a little bit of a run and that extended it back out to an eight point lead. And I, I felt like that kind of stabilized things. And, and then they only made one more field goal for about eight minutes. And so that three wound up being really huge because instead of it being a five point game and Rutgers kind of going on a run, uh, which they did after that cop makes that three, then trace Jackson Davis uh, gets a, gets an offensive rebound uh, and put back that made it 10 Indiana had, you know, was up 10 and then Rutgers, you know, chipped away at it. Uh, Indiana did get a free throw in there by Malik renew and, uh, got a couple free throws from Jalen uh, Huchifino, but that was really it for the scoring for a long period of time. So that three wound up being huge uh, uh, for Indiana, and it just contributed again to Cops' excellent night. Uh, was was him knocking down that one? And you know those kind of plays and, and sequences are very important in a game because you're gonna you're gonna have lulls, you're gonna give up runs, but you want your senior players to make big plays. And, and Miller did that tonight. Uh, also, the teammates who found him uh, also get credit for that as well. Yeah, but man, Miller and there was, was one all over there the place. We've there was we've already one talked where, a lot about him, but yeah, man. well, there was one where where Trace had it in the post and chucked it over to him. And Miller was coming off a cut and he just wasn't squared up yet and ready for it. Yeah. He was out of bounds. He had a foot out of bounds because you you could see he was just turning to square up and the ball got to him, and so he just wasn't ready for it. It, it Trace waited a beat. He probably would have had another three there, um, but. Yeah, I thought as you as you mentioned, he's he's moving. They're moving him more within the offense and trying to get him uh, some open looks, and he it paid off tonight. Four or six from three. Uh, you get that. You'll take that any night. Um, here's one, and we can talk about this player as well. It was uh, Indiana was up twenty-seven to sixteen, and Trey Galloway gets an outlet, and he's coming down the floor, and he calls for a post screen in transition, which is called a drag screen. So it's a high ball screen. But in basketball terminology, that's a drag screen up top. And his leadership and his ability to handle the basketball has really grown during this stretch. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that he would be able to handle the ball, execute some offense, come off the little handoff, the runners are working. But his ability to handle without turning the ball over, and I don't have the stats right in front of me, but I'm not sure he turned it over a whole lot tonight. That has really helped without X being there that now you could give Hood Shafino a little bit of a break at times in order yeah, to he play. He didn't have a turnover. He didn't have so, a turnover. So no turnovers. Uh, the kid just plays extremely hard and got that key rebound basket. So a, a little moment like that, a subtle moment where you just call for the right action and it led to a basket, that's the kind of things that are winning plays. Uh, that's the kind of thing that Coach Marlowe would really be happy about. Um, and so, uh, you, you know, your thoughts on, on Trey Galloway. Yeah, I thought he played a really good game. I, you know, he didn't have the the finishes at the rim that he had against Purdue and and those big plays, but he did have that putback leg. I mean, until that, he was one of four from the field, uh, and you know, he wasn't putting up. It wasn't a stats night for him. You know, he had a couple of assists, um, but you know, only three rebounds. One being the offensive rebound putback, and and only four shots before that putback, and again, one of four. But I thought that his ability to sort of steady the offense on the floor and 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 be able, as you said, to bring the ball up, um, 
he played 34 minutes too. He, he ate a big chunk of minutes. And, and again, I, I kind of would have liked to see a little bit more of Tamar Bates tonight in, yeah. in that spot to give him some rest because of all the energy that, that Trey expended on Saturday and, and maybe morph that lineup, go hood Shafino and Bates and then bring Galloway back in for hood Shafino and kind of, kind of rotate those guys through. But I guess, you know, with the pressure defense from Rutgers, maybe Tamar Bates ball handling just wasn't something they wanted on the floor, but I thought Tamar was decent when he was in there. Um, but we didn't see much of him. And, and so, um, Tamar had a great assist to, to cop as we keep mentioning on, on a three and he knocked down a three hit three free throws. I, I, I really, again, would like to see him to give Galloway a break. But I do think Galloway is playing really well right now, and he's playing very steady. This was almost like a road game for him, a road game performance, a good road game performance for him because we've seen at home he's been fantastic. And I thought he was solid tonight, and I thought he did what he was supposed to do, did what he needed to do, especially with one of the other reserve guys stepping up. He really did what he needed. And defensively, I thought he was real good, as he always is. And now we welcome to the show uh, the host, uh Jared Morris, uh, bedtime's over. A big win for our Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, and do you have any meaningful moments that you'd like to share or opening statements uh, as uh, it's a very happy night here on Assembly Call postgame? It is good to be here. We beat Rutgers. That stupid streak is over. A tip of the cap to them, uh, you know, for obviously the performances that they've had over the last uh, four or five years to have that streak. But, man, a big tip of the cap to our guys tonight. Uh, you know, they brought it from the opening tip. Uh, I think obviously a lot of people were worried about the potential for a letdown. You know, I texted you guys before the game. I, I just had a good feeling and I wasn't quite sure what to do with the good feeling of, about this game because you it seemed totally like, right though. Let's be real. No, no, we, we I was a hundred percent. Yes, it. you did. You did. And that's good. But I was 100% right. The team came out ready to play. They basically led from wire to wire. I said it would be a convincing victory, and it was. Six this points. team did everything they needed to do to win the game. It was ugly at times, but that's what happens against Rutgers. But you beat the spread, you win by more than you're expected to, and you control the game basically the whole time against this program that has really given you fits. And I just have to give so much credit to Trace Jackson Davis. I thought this win happened. Do you want to know the meaningful moment for me? The Purdue press conference when Trace Jackson Davis was clearly looking ahead to Rutgers not, you know, worrying too much. You know, the, the, the fans stormed the court against Purdue. The players didn't seem overly impressed with their own achievements. They'd beaten Purdue before. Now they had to look ahead to a team they hadn't beaten. And I thought Trace came out tonight on a mission to win this game, you know, and led with the kind of physicality that you have to have. His numbers speak for themselves. 20 points, 18 boards, 6 assists. I mean, it's just they're the kind of silly numbers he's been putting up all season. But for three years, for three-plus years, we've asked for Trace Jackson Davis in games like this to step up and lead, and lead with toughness, and lead with production, lead by example. He's doing it all, you know? And so he becomes the first Hoosier with 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. And, of course, one of the narratives coming into the season was, all right, but are these kind of empty numbers? Well, now he's winning meaningful games while he's putting up these numbers. And look... It's still early February. This is a program that's about competing for titles and making runs in March, and so the story is still to be written. But you can't ask for anything more than what you've gotten from Trace Jackson Davis so far, and I just think his mentality and his focus on this game helped Indiana avoid what we've seen so often, which is a letdown after a big win. And I think that's a huge hurdle for this team to overcome. And, you know, I felt confident in him, maybe a little bit before the evidence was there, but this is the kind of win that helps you grow confidence in the team, legit confidence 
that they're going to come out and be ready for these matchups. So just really proud of him. All the guys, I thought Miller Cop was fantastic tonight. You know, I don't want to go over a lot of the points that you guys have made. Uh, but that's my big one. To me, this is, you know, these are the games Trace Jackson Davis came back to one or to win against Purdue, against Rutgers, uh, and he did it tonight. Just really proud of him, really proud of the whole team. So let's go inside some numbers. And really, from a stat you know, perspective, it's not really a beautiful game for, for Indiana. You know, some bad shooting in the second half, some 14 turnovers, 15 assists to 14 turnovers. I thought I gave up some offensive rebounds. I, I'm not sure how bad that hurt us points-wise, but it seemed a lot worse watching it. But the thing that I like, guys, and I want to get your opinion on is usually Indiana wins these games when they play really, really well. They just won a game against a really tough team where they just played well. They There was nothing spectacular tonight, obviously. It was okay. Trace, Trace, it was okay. And that's the Indiana basketball team that we need to see, both at home and on the road. When you don't have your A game, you're still winning basketball games. And that, uh, to me uh, – is the main number that I want to talk about is the percentages aren't there. The 66 points wasn't a, a great output points per possession. All that stuff was just okay. And Indiana wins an important game that that has to be a really good sign for where this program is right now. I will push back on, I'll put, I'm going to push back on one thing. I think getting 1.065 points per possession against this Rutgers defense is actually pretty good. I think that's actually, not bad. I mean, right. but I get you know, what coach is saying, though. I get what coach is yes, saying. Yes, no, no, no. Coach yeah. is right. And look, like, you know, we I didn't outplay Rutgers defense. The offense didn't just take over and blow out Rutgers defense. Rutgers defense has we played good against it's not, it, but it's it wasn't the right. thing where you can say Rutgers right. didn't it was show good. up and we cruised. You know, we didn't and, have and a fifty-point half against Purdue where everything was going down. Right and seventy. You know, so. No, agreed, uh, and that's what I mean. Yeah. So to still do that and be over a point per possession against a defense that in Big Ten play, you know, was holding people to point nine six. Their adjusted defensive efficiency is like you know eighty seven. I mean, this is an elite defensive team, and so you know I think to get over and obviously a lot of that was done early in the game. You know, Indiana really jumped out early and was able to do some scoring early. Um, you know, but I thought that was big. I mean, coach, to your point, you know, I think we saw especially in the second half continued issues with rebounding. I thought that was, if there was anything that really kind of got me frustrated was probably there and kind of that, you know, that gap in the second half where Rutgers made their little run. There were too many times when there would be a live rebound and guys were kind of standing around, didn't box out. I thought early on we it did that. like fatigue to me. Yeah, no, no, they did. They did look a little bit fatigued, you know, and so I think that's, that's maybe the one thing that you would kind of nitpick there. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's an Indiana Rutgers game. It's not about it's numbers. It's going to be ugly. Yeah. It's, about, it's... it's about toughness. It's about Miller Cop diving on the floor for loose balls. It's about Trey Galloway hustling in and getting that offensive rebound late. That's where games like this are won or lost. Yeah. You know, to me, I mean, the big stat line is, you know, Trace and Miller, you know, able to produce on the offensive end. That was huge. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I don't know that there's going to be a, a ton of numbers that are really going to jump out at you. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, 15 assists on 22 made field goals. They were moving the ball. They were getting it to the open yeah. guy, especially early. I mean, that was the, the, the first half that they relied on that. Um, I'd also say that they out-rebounded Rutgers, and it probably didn't feel like it. You know, I mean, you know, there's 35 to 31 in the end. Rutgers had 11 offensive rebounds, but Indiana had nine offensive rebounds. You know, two of those came late on the same play, but Indiana did out-rebound Rutgers, and I thought that they limited – second chance opportunities. Indiana had 13 on second chance points and, and Rutgers had 14. You know, they're pretty even there. Points in the paint. They got annihilated at points in the paint when they played Rutgers the first time. 
24 for Rutgers, 28 for Indiana. So all of those tough guy, uh, you know, sort of, you know, situations that the tough guy, loose ball, dive on the floor, energy things. I thought Rutgers had a lot of bounces go their way late. You know, just like that Miller cop dove on the floor, lost the ball. Yeah. They wound up with two guys under the basket. You know, it just, it, it's, it's a bad bounce that happens. You applaud the effort, not necessarily always the result. And, yeah. um, You'd like to not have that happen. But there's really no way to prevent something like that. But I thought that the team was locked in. They played. And I, I thought in that last 10 minutes when it was clear that a lot of the key guys were exhausted. I don't think Trace was. I think Trace looked fine pretty much the entire It's just hard for him to score against Rutgers when they crowd the paint that way and have Amore, who's a pretty good defender, right there. You know, like, so the other yeah. guy, it's on the other guys to step up and do things. And they were all just dead tired. But again, Despite that, you tough out the win and you get it done. And that's all that matters in the end. We can talk about it, whether it's pretty, whether you ran the right offense. You win the game, especially in the Big Ten Conference against a good team. That's all that matters in the end. You can we can we can nitpick little things and say they need to improve this for the next game. But whatever they did this game worked and that's all that matters. They beat a good team. They figured it out and they finished. And in the end, I would rather have an ugly win than a pretty loss. Yeah, and so yeah. the offense, let's go back to the offense efficiency numbers too. I know Rutgers plays great defense. They had multiple defenses, and that played a part a little bit. Uh, and you have to give credit to Rutgers for being a solid defensive program. But I thought Indiana ran good stuff. I thought the players, the only problem was some fatigue and some decisions within that fatigue. Some shots okay. that were air balls that maybe you could have had one more pass. Uh, you know, Jalen took a couple, Race took a couple. That's going to drive your overall numbers down. And our also offensive efficiency was still, as you pointed out, Jared, pretty good against the Rutgers team. To me, the best thing about the last two games, guys, is moving shooters, getting out in transition, getting those points when you can, because you know other teams are going to be tough and locked down defensively, especially the top teams like Purdue and like Rutgers. They're good coaches in this league, and IU is countering that. And I think the offense tonight was really not Rutgers stopping us to 66 or to 1.065, but I, I thought if we make some better decisions in that, we even have better offensive efficiencies yep. on the and, game. You know, and I will say this too. One thing that we know about Rutgers games is really kind of no matter how they start, they're always going to turn it into a grinder, right? And so that's why I, I think the, the, the start of games against them is really important kind of before they set that right. tone. That's where I was really impressed. I mean, I, I think that's just like in the Purdue game, in a lot of ways, I think that's where the game was won for Indiana is the way they started. They came out defending with their hair on fire. You know, they end up with a 30 to 16 lead. That lead could have been bigger, but that one guy gets hot from three. They made a bunch of tough shots. I mean, that's the thing to me that was so impressive tonight is this team came out with a mentality to win from the tip. You know, they get that big lead. They're up by 14. You know, Rutgers outscores you by eight from that point on. But you've built that cushion that you can then nurse. And I think that's really important against a team like this because points are just going to get harder and harder to come by as you get fatigued and their defense gets set. So credit to the coaches and, again, credit to the leadership, Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson, for having this team ready to play. Miller Cop too. You know, they were all ready uh, to play. And I, I thought that the first 8 to 12 minutes were so important in establishing a tone and building a lead that, you know, you could kind of, you know, nurse a little bit when the game kind of ground to a halt there as we knew it would 
Well, and let's also credit the coaches for getting focused on this one. You know, and they were focused on this, not their win. You know, it's easy. It's easy to feel real good about yourself when you beat the number one team in the country, a rival. There's a lot of trash talk in that game, and there were some some chippy moments. It's easy to feel really good about yourself. They got them focused on Rutgers quickly, and they came out and they they came out like they were focused on Rutgers, not looking over their shoulder. And and so credit to the coaching staff for that, hundred percent. You know, and and there's sure. this whole meme right with IU basketball, like we're back, are we back, are we back, is there, are we back now? It's like Texas in football, it's, right? Yeah. But but what I mean is like it's not the you know the the massive win against North Carolina or beating Purdue. It's winning a game like this, and that's not taking anything away from Rutgers. They're a legit top 25 team, so it's an impressive win no matter what. But it's the backing up a big win with another solid effort, right? That's almost as much of a brick in the we're back wall as any of the other stuff because it's these it's losses in these types of games that have held this program back from building any type of momentum. That, we talked about that early. It's following yeah. up the Purdue win with Michigan last year and getting blown off your own floor. I mean – that's it's this team it's this program shooting itself in the foot constantly after big moments yeah. and taking huge steps back and they didn't do that tonight so you Derek, just have on. you just have to win this game like that's yes i don't care how Absolutely. you come off the purdue game just win the game just win the game and put yep, positive streaks together seven out of eight in the big 10 no matter what year is a positive streak that indiana hasn't had for a while and, I mean, and we, the one is it eight out of nine now or seven out of eight seven, seven out of eight and, and we the, were one and, and four was, at one point, right? And the one loss uh, in there was a Tuesday after a Saturday where you had to fly to Maryland. And and look, they didn't play well in that game, and it it was not a good performance to look back on. Even looking back, you can't say, well, there maybe there were no. They just didn't show up for that yeah, one. It it's bad. it's fine. They played hard, but they were not focused. But still, it's the Big Ten. You're going to have games like that, and you're going to have games where your freshman point guard looks like a freshman point guard. So. You look back at this streak, and in those eight games, this has been a different team than it was for a solid month, where even if they won a couple games, they did not look good. And it was it was that Arizona game, the Kansas game. I mean, there were there were big time failures uh, in in what this team was doing. And they've turned it around. And the credit goes to everybody. It goes to Trace Jackson Davis for carrying the team for long stretches. It goes to Jalen Huchafino for rising, getting healthy and rising to who we think he should become. The role players have all stepped up. Tamar Bates, Trey Galloway, uh, Miller Cop have all had great games. It's getting Brace Thompson healthy enough that he's at least out there defensively. But it's also coaches have adjusted. I was about to say it's also on the coaching staff adjusting what you're doing to fit the personnel you have, not the personnel you wish you had. And so I think that's a huge thing. And that's a huge part of college basketball. You're not signing free agents who can fit exactly the role you want. You're recruiting guys who are going to be flawed and having to figure out how to win with them. So um, that, yeah, everybody deserves the credit for this. It's been an excellent turnaround and, and today's game, I said it at the meetup. We were talking to everybody. It's like, well, if they beat Rutgers, then we know it's real because the couple of the teams they beat were our bottom feeders in the Big Ten. You beat Rutgers, you know this turnaround is real because not only do they have your number, but they're also really good this year. And they beat them. It's real. This is a really good team. I got a couple uh, things before we move on to uh, segment three. Jared, to go back about the, the starts, I'd much rather have really good starts and build that cushion and then hold on. And, and we talked about poise. I think they showed poise. But is there anything to be concerned about that we've built some big leagues against teams and then the second half, our, our shooting percentage has not been very good. Our offense, we only had 27 points 
against Purdue in the second half. Uh, today, I think uh, it was 32% shooting uh, from the field, only 28 points in the second half. Is there anything to, to be concerned with, or was that just a flow of two tough, tough games? I think if we were playing lesser opponents, maybe. I think the fact that, you know, Purdue is the number one team and we know how good Rutgers is, you know, I mean, it's a 40-minute game and you're just, you're not going to blow either one of those teams out. Like, you I just, I don't Purdue think that's really in the cards. Right. Yeah. I agree. So, you know, I, yeah, to me, no, there's not, there's not really a concern there. I think it's more enthusiasm at the way you're starting games, given how much right. of a struggle starts of games have been for this program. They've kind of now, you know, it's, it's more of a thing they've done at home. So can they take that on the road? But I mean, this was a massive two game, you know, home stretch. And so to be able to come out with two starts like that and capitalize on the crowd and keep a minute, that's exactly what you have to do to win these games. And then last, uh, holding Rutgers to uh, 39.7% shooting 32% from three, when they really had some guys shoot the three, they had the Palmquist guy who averages 1.9, got nine points in the first half, and then Andre Hyatt uh, had a couple threes early in that first half. So they were hitting some shots that, um, that it, you know, kept that game close. But this is another example, guys, of Indiana's defense setting the tone. There were times when the defense wasn't great. They overhelped. They triple-teamed the backup post at the very end yep. of the first half to give up a three. <laughs> It's not communicating. But, but every Didn't locate game, shooters well in transition either. Yeah, no. and so those are the things that the coaches are going to look at in film. But overall, you hold a Big Ten team to 60 and 39.7% and get some turnovers and get out and run. This team has built on defense and since the losing streak has found its niche defensively. And now the offense is opening up and moving. That is just fun to watch. A team really – take away uh, everything. And I, I got a little nervous that it was, oh, my gosh, nobody, no names are hitting shots again, right? Yeah, Coach, I'll say this. They were 6 of 11 from three in the first half. Rutgers right. Was. They got 18 of their 35 points, more than half their points from the three-point line. In the second half, 2 of 14. As yeah. ugly as things got offensively for a while, Indiana's defense never let up. They had a couple bad possessions here and there, but they held Rutgers at 2 of 14 from three in the second half and 32% from the field. If Rutgers goes 40% from the field in the second half, they win the game. So the defense was there. It was a constant. Uh, again, might not have been pretty all the time, but they gave up seven offensive rebounds in the second half. That's rough. But you know what? They played hard. They played pretty smart, and and they were able to discourage Rutgers. Rutgers was, while Indiana was worse in the second half offensively, so was Rutgers. They only scored 25 points, and they scored 35 yeah. in the first half. And I'll tell you the other key defensively as we kind of wrap up numbers. Indiana was able to play extremely physical defense while committing only 13 fouls. Yep. And only giving Rutgers 10 free throws. So, I mean, you know, talk about the formula for victory. Indiana makes 17 free throws. Rutgers shoots 10. That's how you win games like this, you know, and, and I really think, you know, to me, that's been one of the biggest developments over these last couple games. You know, I really felt it in the Purdue game. I felt it here. Indiana really able to play that tough physical defense. I mean, Trey Galloway picked up his first foul late in the second half. That's so huge. He, he and Jalen just, you know, they can't pick up fouls, but they were able to play really well defensively on the perimeter without doing that. You know, so Miller Cop today was the only guy who got into foul trouble, and good lord, I mean, he was just—I mean, he—he he played at another level in terms of effort tonight. This was maybe Miller Cop's best game as a Hoosier. 
Um, I have to think back a little bit more, but I, I mean, mean, maybe Syracuse was, last year, but that was all based. on That was cheering. his best game as a score, but I mean, yeah. on both ends. Yeah, no, I agree. He defended I agree. well. I'm tonight saying that's too. the only one you can make the argument. Yeah, yeah. Say, say I think those, his defense. Say I think those for the next segment because I think I, we're going to go. Next right segment is locked down. Next yes. segment is oh. easy. <laughs> so I, I think uh, I, I think Miller's defense has come a long way, though. Yeah, certainly. He stepped on campus. Yes. All right, coming up on Assembly Call, we're going with our game balls, our Hoosier Hustle Award, and a lingering question or two. Uh, That's next here on the Assembly Call, so stick with us. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Deron Davis. And what's the only thing better than dominating a Duke big man in the post? It's celebrated with friends afterwards. Join Gerard, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the Assembly Hall call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show with your host, Coach Tom Sony and Gerard. Uh, catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night on our website, assemblycall.com. Also, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. So join for free today at join.assembly.call. That's join.assemblycall.com. Uh, so we're breaking down Indiana's 66-60 win over Rutgers. Uh, I'm here with Jared Morris and Ryan Phillips. Um so it's now time for our game balls, which are presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. Learn more at uh, bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you get 23% off their testing services. That's 23 in honor of TJD. All right, fellas, game balls. Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. Oh, Jared, uh, Jared pointed to himself. Jared can go no, I'm, I'm open. I'm open. I'm calling yeah. for the ball. Yeah, no, you're like Miller Cop. We're going to pass on you and go to somebody else. It's, no, I'm, uh, I'm not shot faking. I'll shoot it. 
Uh, I'm going to say, I, I, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of momentum for Miller cop in this one. I'm going with Trace Jackson Davis. I think 20 and 18, um, six assists. He did have the five turnovers and he tried a lot of little pocket passes that, that were not necessarily a great idea, but, um, 20 and 18 setting the, you know, being, becoming the first Indiana player with 2000 points and thousand rebounds, which we knew he was going to do this season at some point. And he's well on his way to becoming the all-time rebounding leader. And he's going to climb up that scoring chart very quickly over the next few weeks. Um, he was he was the best player on the floor, I think, for either team. Even in a game where his scoring number, by his standards, pretty pedestrian. Twenty points. Where where where, where are you getting those? Where, where's the rest? You get against Rutgers, though. Yeah, context no, and, matters, and that's and the, the context does matter. And it's Rutgers clamps down on the post. It's on everybody else to step up, and we got a couple guys to to play pretty well tonight. But Trace Jackson Davis, the game ball, twenty points, eighteen rebounds, and six assists. Yeah, Jared? and yeah, thanks, Tom. Um, there's two. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> there's there's two moments I wanted to point out for Trace that I thought were huge. Um, one is actually the play where he uh, got his 2,000th point. Indiana was up uh, 52 to 44, and if you guys recall, he kind of did like a little pivot, and he was really close to traveling. So right before he traveled, he just threw the ball up on the rim, but he knew where it was going to go when it missed, and then he went in for the follow dunk. It was just such a smart, instinctive play by him uh, to do that, to avoid the turnover. But I thought the most impressive stretch of the game for Trace. It, you know, Indiana had that big lead. They play really bad the final three minutes of the first half, and Rutgers cuts it to three. And then Rutgers comes right out, and they, you know, Spencer hit a three, and it's 41-40. to 40. And it's kind of that moment where it's hanging in the balance a little bit. And, you know, is Rutgers going to take control? Trey scored the next four. You know, he drew a foul on Omaruyi. Omaruyi. Omor, how do you pronounce his last name? I don't – it's Omoryi. Oh, Why am I struggling with this? Omori, isn't it? Omori, Omori. that's what it is. Omori. Yes, yes. Okay, so he draws the foul on Omori, uh, hits both free throws, then has a spin move dunk, and all of a sudden it's 45 to 40. And Indiana kind of kept that. I'm not sure how much closer Rutgers got after that. Rutgers might have cut it to five or cut it to four at one point. But that little stretch right there immediately gave Indiana the cushion back. And that's the kind of thing Trace did tonight. You know, when plays needed to be made, he was there to make them because he was not going to lose this game. So, you know, it's the kind of moment that it felt like Yogi had a lot, you know, his senior year. It's like plays need to be made. Who's going to step up? Your senior leader. And that's what Trace did again. So, and uh, you know, just a... a a terrific night for him and an emphatic game ball for Trace. I'm going to go Miller Cop because it's already been decided by you two um, that Trace gets it, and rightfully so. I, I don't disagree. One, But we Miller Cop just was the difference maker, and you're going to need consistent play from some wing scoring and some other people to really advance in, in the Big Ten tournament and that. And if Miller can be consistent, the coaching staff can continue to move him and make it easier for him to get open. Uh, he's going to be a, a real pleasure to watch down the stretch. But, yes, Trace Jackson Davis has put this team on his back and just is, is the best, hardest. Uh, he's the leader. He's doing, doing everything, and it shows up every night in his stat line. All right, let's go to the Hoosier Hustle Award. Hi, this is native Hoosier Anthony Leo. I pride myself on hustling every second I'm on the court, 
So it's an honor to present this episode's Hoosier Hustle Award, sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Their goal is to provide whatever level of safety and protection you're looking for. And just like hustle can't be measured by stats, but is often the difference between winning and losing, the prevention of bad outcomes can't be adequately measured either. But it can still have a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. All right, Jared, lead us off. Who gets your Hoosier Hustle Award? Well, it is definitely Miller Cop. Uh, certainly seeing a lot less of the uh, why is Miller Cop playing uh, discussion. I mean, goodness gracious, if you can't understand the value Miller Cop provides to this team by now, I don't know what to tell you. But I thought there were a couple moments for Miller that really stood out to me. You know, one is when Indiana was up 47 to 40, and uh, Miller makes that great cut uh, to the basket. Trace finds him for the bucket. He hits the layup, and then he immediately goes down on the other end, pokes the ball away from a Rutgers guy, dives to try to get it, and that's one that we were talking about. It just happens to go back to the Rutgers guy. But it was just – that was the night for Miller. You know, like we're noticing a lot more movement with the shooters. You know, guys are, you know, cutting a little bit more, and they're able to move and relocate and do some more things. Uh, and I just thought he was just active. Um, and the three that he made, you know, it's 49-44. Again, kind of felt like a little moment where Rutgers might be able to seize some momentum. Uh, coming out of the timeout, he hits the three and puts it up 52-44. to And so, you know, it was a night where Miller scores 18 points, and the shooting is great. But I thought, just like Trace... This is a game that was going to be won, not with pretty shooting, but with just tough, rugged defense. And I thought, you know, he defended Spencer pretty well in the half court, uh, you know, most of the time when he was on him. And he just played hard and played tough and was in the right spot and forced turnovers. Like, this was – that's what I mean. You know, I think he's – I think he has scored better. I just am not sure he's ever played better. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's, that's what you see from Rutgers. Like, what has defined this run for Rutgers basketball is guys like Caleb McConnell and Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. just going all out for 40 minutes in these games. And that's what Indiana brought to it tonight. And I thought Trace and Miller in particular really led the way there. So, so a couple things real quick, and I'll get to you, Ryan. There's that steal he made late, too, that was big, right? In the last yes. three or four minutes there in, in the corner. Right, and then you know yep. I might have to t turn into the field of '68 and listen to Geo Baker complain about his team getting their ass kicked on the field of '68. He always says we're Indiana's weak. Well, buddy, we just showed you, Geo. Well, hopefully so, he gives us credit because the truth is he was right. People was. weren't afraid of Indiana, but they're yeah. going to start being afraid if Indiana plays like this every game. All right, there's I mean, better ways to say it, but anyway, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Ryan. Coach, you're nothing if not articulate. Uh, no, I'm going. I'm going with Millicop too. The guy was in a stance all night. Was was up in guys. You know, he's up on Mulcahy. He was up, whoever he was guarding. He was he was pushing him as far out from the. And and one of the differences with Indiana's defense at that Penn State game has been how far they're pushing opponents out on the floor to start possessions. Yes, and not not being reactive, but being proactive of getting out into those uh, those ball handlers and making them start further away. It's the same as these guys who were, who were giving Indiana token pressure just to sort of throw things off a little bit and get aggressive. And, and, and they have the ability and athleticism to do it. And if you watch the Penn state game, you know, they're allowing Penn state to get into whatever they wanted at any spot that they wanted. So, um, and, and Miller was, you know, set an example 
uh, tonight as, as a leader, as a veteran by, you know, being super active defensively and, and going on the floor and doing that. You saw him do that against Purdue too. I mean, Miller cops defense has improved, as I said earlier, tremendously since he stepped on campus last year, and he's never going to be an outstanding, you know, all big 10 defensive player. But he's working with what he's got and he's doing an excellent job and he deserves to be, you know, lauded for that by everybody, by fans, all the fans that are questioning why he's on the floor. There are a lot of reasons that you don't see on the box score that he's on the floor and everybody on that team respects him and likes him and listens when he talks. And that has a lot to do with it, too. And, and so Miller Cop's going to get our hustle award. I'll just bring up Galloway again. Uh, I think his defense has helped push those teams out. Uh, he was able to lock down on that as a Spencer kid for the most part at times where they switched him on to him um, when he started getting open. So he's not only a secondary ball handler, but he, he's a primary defender now on he and Jalen hood Shafino can uh, really put that pressure on. And that helps Cop be better too because it buys him a little bit of time on the flight of passes and, and closeouts and things like that. So I think, you know, honorable mention uh, for Galloway there, but no, no doubt cop hustled his way. I like the way he's moving that, that back cut layup that you talked about and, and hustling down the floor to get open and transition. Smart, There's savvy, just so veteran much to play. cops game right now. Uh, that's going, he's doing on, more so. off the dribble too. Yep. You know, I mean, yeah, which is yeah. nice to see. Um, so what's that? His third uh, Hoosier hustle award, uh, which puts him in a tie for second, with uh, well, we got Geronimo X race cop all with three that uh, follow. I thought Z- Xavier five, was right? still tied for second, and he hasn't yeah. played. In yeah, forever. seriously. <laughs> that, Get back soon, crazy. X. Take back the lead. Before we go to lingering questions, so I want to talk about a couple nice smooth moves we're seeing from Indiana early in transition. Trace Jackson Davis goes up and under what I thought was a absolutely heroic shot, and then Jalen Hood Shafino. Oh man, gets fouled. The ball touches Jeez. nothing. But a little bit of twine on the way down. Um, there's a guy we haven't talked about tonight who, again, didn't have a great shooting night, but he impacts winning in, in a variety of ways. And that that shot was just a circus shot. But Jalen Hudshafino continues to impress. We need him to score. And luckily, Cop was there to pick up on a night when he didn't. But, boy, he, he's just a, a nice player. We got to appreciate him while we have him as well. I thought he was rock solid tonight. I mean, Caleb yeah. McConnell guarded him a lot. That's, you know, maybe the best on-ball defender in the Big Ten. This was probably not a game where Jalen was going to score a lot, which is why Miller's contributions were so important because you needed that second score to step up. But, man, I just, you know, one of the things I love watching about Jalen is as he's bringing the ball up, his handles are terrific. I mean, his ability to dribble the ball – Keep it away from the defender. I mean, he almost never gets the ball poked away from him. Like, he'll make some bad passes. But he's able to dribble the ball and always keep his head up and go behind his back and between his legs and everything that he needs to do. And it always feels, you know, like sometimes when Trey dribbles, it kind of feels like it's a little bit out of control. And Jalen always feels always in control with his handle. And that's such an important skill um, for a freshman to have to be able to beat some of the pressure that Indiana is getting defensively. You know, it's one of those little things that he brings to the court that especially with, you know, with X out has just been so important. So, yeah, you know, two for nine, you know, not able to get a lot going offensively. But I still thought he he played a pretty good game, um, you know, was solid defensively, did the things he needed to do and didn't press. You know, he didn't press and start forcing a bunch of shots. I thought most of the shots he took, maybe outside of one or two, you know, were within the flow of the offense. It was a good, solid game. 
um, for him as a point guard. And, you know, essentially taking what the defense is going to give um, and, you know, still being ready to play on the other end and not getting frustrated. Ryan, any thoughts on Jalen's play? Yeah, I thought that he forced his offense a little bit, but a lot of that's fatigue, as we talked about earlier. I mean, we mentioned it earlier. I think that it was not his best offensive game, but you're right. He was being defended very tough by a very tough defensive team, and he's still a freshman. I mean, it's easy to forget that after a great performance like Purdue or whatever. But, um, yeah, it, it, I, I thought that he forced his shots sometimes, but – you know, he he was the point guard. He guided him to a really tough win. And and you're, you're right about the ball handling, Jared. He he never gets flustered with that, no matter how he's playing. Um, there have been some games where he's bobbled it a little bit here and there. But, you know, again, he's 18. He's, he's going to be just fine. So now it's time for a lingering question. And, and we addressed the one that I have, which is, is again, are we going to have legs and the fatigue issue of playing so many minutes from guys we need on the court? We had to get – the season uh, righted. Uh, we need to win games. We need the bench guys to be able to come in, and the coaching staff needs to trust them. So it's a two-way street. They have to play better, practice better uh, for me, and then coach needs to trust them a little bit too when he's ready to. But uh, this isn't a criticism of, of Woodson necessarily. But uh, you do wonder as the season winds down and you play three games in the Big Ten tournament, hopefully, um, when, when does when is the tank empty? That that's my lingering question because everything else right now is moving in a very 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 positive direction. Any other well, lingering questions? Yes. Or thoughts my on lingering that? Question, yeah. No. I mean, it, it does. It kind of you know piggybacks off of what you just said, Coach. You know, it is really important that Indiana was able to make hay with the schedule that they just had and win a lot of the home games because four of the next five games are on the road. And four that you know, and those four road games are all to teams that may end up in the NCAA tournament. Michigan coming up Saturday, then Northwestern, then home to Illinois, which you know that the, I'm I'm guessing the home game against Illinois will be tougher than the road game was, um, and then Michigan State and Purdue on the road, and so those are really tough games. And this has been a team that their last two road performances against Maryland and Minnesota were not very good, sandwiched you know within a lot of really good home games. So, you know, Indiana's eight and five. We've put ourselves in a good position. We're sitting up there in second place in the Big Ten. But now things get real. And I mean, you know, look, if you're going to actually compete for a Big Ten title or to finish second or third in the conference, you got to go win at least two of these road games, maybe three of them. You know, that's what a great Indiana team would do. I think right now this is a very good team. Uh, and I think they'll win, you know, at least one of these road games. And I think as long as you win one and beat Illinois and go two and three in the next five, you're probably okay. But how good is this team? I think we're going to find out because if they can go grind out some wins against Michigan, who's playing better against Northwestern, that's obviously a very good team. That's going to tell us even more. And so we learned a lot, I think, about this team by how they played here at home. And now the difficulty level ratchets up even more. Even if the, even if the opponents aren't as good, the difficulty level raises because a lot of these games are on the road. Yeah, is this program ready? That's the one question to me they haven't really answered yet in Big Ten play outside of the great performance against Illinois. Yeah, and I'll say this. Michigan, for Indiana to win that game, Jalen Hutchifino has to have a hell of a game. And, and you know, he doesn't have to put up 25 points, but he's got his offense has to be better than it was tonight, better than it was against Maryland, and probably better than it was against Ohio State. He's got to be really good. And then you got to have, of course, on the road, you got to have your, your role players play to their level. And so those are the two. I think Malik Renew is going to be really important in that game as well. 
So asking your freshman to step up big on the road against a team that's playing pretty well, has some size and, and has given Indiana some trouble. Uh, it's a big, that's a big task. So Michigan's going to be a very interesting game on Saturday. They're, they're very hungry and they're a wounded uh, animal too. They, they, they're in desperation mode to get into the tournament. They're got, they got a string seven, six, six out of seven, six out of eight down the stretch. So we're going to get the, Jet Howard's back, right? Is he back? Yes, he is back. Okay. So, um, yeah, that, that, those are all concerns going forward. But, man, winning the games like we have, seven out of eight, it, it's a lot better to have those lingering questions after that run of basketball. And, and from a bracketology standpoint, nothing is assured yet. There's still too many games going. But when you beat the number two team and the number one team, uh, you get quad one wins back-to-back like that. Uh, the, the numbers aren't going away. Those numbers aren't going away. Indiana is, is safe, um, barring a, a disaster um right now and that's the importance of of those two wins that they can have a slip up and it really isn't going to move them uh, a whole lot uh in in the pecking order so well we got a a great week coming up for indiana athletics we we talked earlier about the number two iu women playing the number five uh, iowa women on thursday pack uh, assembly hall scream loud uh doing the work our our podcast will be immediately after um Kathy and, and, and Andy Bottoms will be doing that. Uh, we haven't made a decision yet, Jared Wright, on AC Radio because that game's going to be right. Now, we'll talk about it. If we right. do AC Radio, it's going to be later. So You guys love that when, when we do that. Well, Super late. <laughs> hey, the, the women's basketball program gets the priority right now, given how no, good No, I'm not are. saying so, it's a negative. I I'm think, just saying when we actually do the show and it's late. No, no, I, I think we probably will do – Last time there wasn't, I didn't think there was a whole lot more to talk about. I think there is now, you know, kind of, you know, zoom out a little bit. You know, we've got the, this road trip coming up. Um, so I think we probably will do it, but it'll be after doing the work. So just, you know, stay what, tuned. Did you talk the about game? the ticket? Get, did you talk about the ticket yes. giveaway yes. for the yes, women's game? Did. So cool. Send me yeah, an email. Yep. Yep. Okay. Do we want to um, go back over? The, do you want to go back over what they need to send? Yeah, just send me an email. Jared at assemblycall.com. Tell me your favorite player. Confirm that you're going to be available for the game. And we will uh, we will choose someone to use our two tickets for that game, man. Let's I mean, those ladies deserve as much fan support and the biggest crowd possible for that game. Uh, so be there, boo Caitlin Clark on every touch, uh, and let's uh, let's help get Terry Moran's crew another victory. So you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off your first order. And, guys, it's time for the last call. Um, I, I'm just going to add it's, it's just been a wonderful run. Uh, and it was really good seeing everyone this weekend. Uh, met a lot of, uh, of fans that, of ours that have been around for a while. Met some new uh, people. And it's always good to catch up with both of you. We missed Andy uh, and, and – I was fortunate enough to spend a, a weekend with him in Cincinnati, but it's just an outstanding weekend. And then, obviously, uh, a couple wins. Uh, women win at Purdue on Sunday. Uh, thank you for everyone uh, for coming to the meetup and everyone who supports us through the community and through these shows. Um, Ryan, your last call. I just thought it was a good win to, to grind that out, uh, especially following up the Purdue win. Miller Cop played really, really well. Um, and, and, you know, added to, to what they were doing. And, and TJD had another great night, and congratulations for him. His career has been unbelievable and uh, living up to um, all of those expectations and playing really, really well. So uh, great for 
uh, it's for Indiana. Great for Trace Jackson Davis to, to eclipse that 2000 point, 1000 rebound barrier. And, uh, you know, we're going to enjoy the rest of the year watching him climb those ladders and, and, and move past, you know, all time greats on those lists. And, uh, so I would just say, uh, enjoy it while he's here. Enjoy Jalen Huchifino while he's here as well. And hopefully on Saturday they can, they can bring it back and, and, and take out Michigan, another, another team that's given them some trouble. Jared. You know, last Tuesday we came on here after the Maryland game and everybody was a little bit frustrated at the way Indiana had played. Uh, you know, it snapped the losing streak or snapped the winning streak. Indiana was six and five and we knew that we were coming back for a really important homestand. At a minimum, you had to split. Uh, but boy, if you could win both of these, you know, in what we thought were going to be really tough games and what were really tough games, boy, it would be huge for momentum on the season. And Indiana didn't just win both games. They led the Purdue game for 39 minutes and 11 seconds, and they led this game for 37 minutes. I mean, they were in control of both of those games. Even though the other teams came back, they never took the lead. It never seesawed back and forth. Indiana was in control the whole way. They got off to good starts. They made plays down the stretch. They were tough mentally and physically. This was everything that you can ask for from a homestand where you're playing two teams above you in the standings that are both ranked, and you win both of them. That is what Indiana basketball should be. That is what Assembly Hall should be. And I just think it's another very, very important step for this program on its way back, whatever back means. But just the way that they won these games, uh, you know, not really doing anything spectacular outside of Trace Jackson Davis continuing one of the most impressive stretches in IU basketball history, frankly. Uh, But outside of his individual play, this team just played solid basketball and beat – you know, a potentially great team and a really good team in Rutgers. So just really happy with the way these 80 minutes of basketball went. Um, And they've set themselves up now to not have to be desperate going on the road. But now you can go on the road with some confidence and a little wind in your sails. And boy, if you can start winning some of these games, a whole lot more things start to seem possible. But couldn't ask for anything more. Excellent homestand. Just really proud of the guys and the way they responded uh, and really have just thoroughly enjoyed watching them play for each of these two games. Well said. Well, that's going to do it uh, for this episode. Uh, If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash assemblycall.com. And don't forget to go join assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back again Thursday to talk with you about the women's team. Until then, take it from me, Juwan Morgan. Keep your elbows in, eyes on them, and go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Catch me if you can, Coach T. <laughs> Coach Tom. <Winning. laughs> um, n- nice pull good. with Juwan Morgan. The last, the last time Indiana beat Rutgers, Juwan had an awesome game. At Glad home. to hear it. Race Thompson hey. was the only person who had beaten Rutgers before tonight. They're replaying the Purdue Indiana game right now on BTN. So if you might be interested in that, that was a fun game to relive. Yeah. What uh, I need to read these cop comments that you were talking about in the chat. Uh, Somebody said he was he was just. They said that they should put Miller out there for every post game presser. (laughs) He just seems like a fun dude. He does. Seems like he's a good dude, and everyone likes him. He is. That's why I think he kept playing through some of the struggles. Yeah. All right, everybody. 
Thanks Where are we? So we us. are go Hoosiers. 20th in 20th in Kempom, 18th in offense, 41st in defense. Rutgers is still 16th, and they're still second in defense. Has it updated already? Yeah. Sometimes it updates really fast. Yeah, stayed kind of the same. Unless it has an update. It has our record updated, so that, okay, that's yeah. usually the indication. Yeah, it's usually so, it, it usually updates all of it at once. So 20th is where we are. Yep. Ahead we of had, Xavier uh, and Maryland. We had uh, Indiana as a five seed, and the four seed is St. Mary's. Oh, God, Coach. Why would you do that to us? It's <laughs> all right. DeCourcy had us as a six seed playing Kentucky, number 11. Andy Didn't, had us uh, as a five with Virginia as the four. Yeah, yeah. which would really tug at Jared's heartstrings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jim, we are moving up that seed list, but we'll, we'll hang out at five for a while. Yeah. We might have to win field. two or three more in a row to move up to a, another seed line. My sister was at the UConn-Marquette game tonight and said UConn was just annihilating Marquette, who's a good team. So UConn, I can see UConn pulling it back together, yeah. you know, before the end of the season. They're College awful. basketball seasons, I mean, it's so funny. I mean, they're not, you know, they're, they're not nearly as long as an NBA season, right? But it feels like there are so many twists and turns in a college yeah. basketball season just because of the emotional nature of you know, one of the things players. I thought was One of the things I thought was really funny looking at Ken Palm today was that uh, Alabama's number one in tempo and they're number five at Kempom and four is Purdue and they're 331st in tempo. It's like different styles. Yes. <laughs> like like St. Mary's is seventh and Alabama's fifth and St. Mary's is 359th in tempo, you know, and it's just, it's funny. Purdue Arizona, Alabama would be an entertaining game to watch. It would. Styles make fights and that would be <laughs> yes. an interesting one. Houston, like Houston and Alabama will be really interesting too. Houston's like 347th in tempo. Um but yeah, and then it's like Arizona, Marquette, Texas, and Kansas are all high tempo teams, and they're right behind St. Mary's, who's you know plays like molasses. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting. I mean, the, every team is so so different. Where's Indiana in tempo right now? One twenty sixth. One twenty sixth. No, we're playing faster than that, aren't we? They're one twenty six. Oh, oh, I was thinking of our average possession length. That's right. But no. we we hold. It's, it's so funny. Our average possession length is 16.4 seconds, which is top 50, but then our opponents are 18.3. So, I mean, we force long possessions mm-hmm. on defense. Yeah. Oh, Strength man, of schedule our defense or... is so much better than when it went. And maybe that was just, you know, race wasn't in there, X wasn't in there. Everyone was kind of, you know, they talk, hanging their man. heads. But, man. I think Miller has stepped up in the talking department. I think Trace has stepped it up also, in the talking department. And you've heard a few people say, I think Woodson might have mentioned this on his show, and I think I've heard someone else mention it. Guys struggled dealing with the injuries to players, yeah. you know, and yeah. kind of felt sorry for themselves a little bit. I think they lost a little confidence, lost some edge, you know, and they got it back. Yeah, they and it takes time. I mean, it does. And the coaches adjusted, too. And yeah. it's, so, it, takes, it takes time for everybody to adjust to getting more minutes, to, you know, yeah. how do you deal with starting? Like, a lot of guys aren't, you know, built to start. It's 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 very true, and and they have to develop that persona as a starter and things like that, and have the confidence to start and and be in there for long periods. Of, it's not just like getting the legs of being in there long term. It's it's having the confidence to be in there. I mean, you've seen I mean, Malik's confidence is completely changed. I mean, he was going right at Zach Eady the other day. You know, I mean, like where yeah. was it? Like six weeks ago, that wasn't that wasn't that same guy. You know, well, and, and it'd be interesting here at the stretch, uh, Jared. You said the schedule coming down, but 
this team has righted the ship, and we haven't seen that for a while. We've always seen maybe good starts followed by just a uh, slow drain to mediocrity Look, and maybe make the tournament. I mean, right? they righted it last season at the very last second. Right. Yeah. And right. that was basically because <laughs> Trace went into hero mode. I mean, that's... Which he's doing now, but the <laughs> yeah. coaches have adapted. The players have adapted. You want to see that in a game. You, you don't want to see the same things over and over and over again and just yeah. kind of getting lucky. They're not I'll getting say, lucky. They've all earned it. No, Jared, you, you, know? you pointed out that these these next two games are enormous for the tenor of this season. I mean, yes. if they can, you know, I, they should be able to beat Northwestern. I know Northwestern is really good and plays very well, but they should be able to find a way to beat Northwestern. They should have beaten them at home. They got I mean, to find a way to beat. Them. It's the it's the number fifty seven and fifty eight teams in Ken Palm. We're we're actually expected to win both of them. I know we have a but healthy respect for what it takes to Michigan's win on the Big Ten. I think win on the road Michigan's in the Big tougher. Ten, but. I would agree 100 percent because Michigan has the dudes. Like yes. they might not be whether they're and playing Buffkin's well or playing not. A lot better now. Yeah, too. I, w- w- whether those guys are playing well or not, it only takes one game for them to wake up. Like you know, yes. and it, it always does. Yep. And so, Michigan is is the tougher game. I would agree. Northwestern. The the difference is Michigan doesn't get the most out of its players, whereas Northwestern right. gets everything out of its players. So you know their ceiling, and you can beat their ceiling if you play well enough. Uh, Michigan just is, if everybody gets in Michigan mentally plays ready the, for Northwestern yeah. if if Michigan plays at their absolute peak they could beat at pretty much anybody in the country oh yeah and, they got tons of talent exactly exactly so I mean there's always that factor it's about making them play like garbage and and that's on Indiana to do they didn't do it at Maryland Maryland they should I mean on paper they should beat Maryland even on the road and they didn't do it so it's it's really going to be interesting to see how they come out uh, the start of that game will be incredibly important because on the road, typically, if they start well, they play well. If they start yep. poorly, it's not a fun night. Yep. And and even if it, the score is close as it was at Maryland, there were still indicators that they were not playing well. There's a lot of loose ball handling. There was a lot of, you know, kind of taking some poor shots and forcing stuff. And what happened with Maryland was, the, and then Maryland started scoring you know, started making the shots that they were missing that they yeah. should have been making. So yeah. three days in between games is, uh, I think you mentioned that earlier, Ryan, is good too. It'll um, help, yeah. It, it, it'll help. The emotion from Saturday to Tuesday from Ohio State to Maryland wasn't handled well on the road. It was handled well when you had the home game as the second game. Now yeah, you Wednesday, got Saturday and Wednesday. On a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. and th- those extra days of flying home, getting a couple of days at home, flying back out or whatever – that it sounds silly, but if you're going to win on the road, that, that extra three days of just getting mentally rested, people discount the people discount the travel portion of yes. the schedule, getting mm-hmm. all your shit together, flying, unpack, going to a hotel room, unpacking, being in a like not being in your own bed, all of that stuff takes something out of players. It's why there's a home court advantage. It's why road teams do not play as well on the road. Typically some guys thrive on that. Some guys love being in a hotel and you know, all that stuff. Um, but for the most part, that's rough. It's, it's part of your day that you can't be practicing or doing what you're comfortable with at home. You're traveling. And so that's, there's a reason why that's a thing. And you know, you got to deal with it though. It's part of the game. We've now broken all of our stupid streaks except winning at Wisconsin. And this is the one year that we don't get to play at Wisconsin. Yeah, that's true. They suck. Northwestern just won at Wisconsin. That's the only one we have hanging over us, damn it. You know, oh. I was a senior in high school the last time we beat Wisconsin. <laughs> and I'm so not stupid. young. I, I am Such not a, a spring chicken. 
It is. This is why it's dumb because we last year there was a reason why I was so upset last year when we lost that game. I was up twenty, twenty one in the first half, and they scored like seventeen points in the second half. I mean, it was because it wasn't like they were up twenty one and then lost by like two points. Like it was a comfortable win for Wisconsin. It was like seven or something like that. Like the thing is, we were up twenty five and then they scored like the last four points of the first half, and every IU fan is like. Oh, no, oh, crap. <laughs> that's yeah. not a good way to end the half. Yeah. And then it just continued. No. And that was a game where like everybody was mad at Xavier Johnson for taking so many shots. It's like, well, nobody else was doing anything. He had yeah. to drive late. in the You, shot know, you know, it was interesting. Tom Izzo had a great quote actually earlier this week where he was talking about AJ Hogard and how he's been struggling. And he basically said, yeah, AJ struggling a little bit, trying to do too much, but that's because other guys aren't doing enough. Aren't doing anything. It's not yeah. on him. And that's important to remember for point, a point guard. Yeah. I think Jalen yeah. gets that criticism sometimes. He does. He where does. it's like, someone's got to take a shot. Yeah. No, I, th- I, you thought know? He, I thought he forced his shot a few times tonight. Like, he took a three where he was completely off balance. Yeah. He took a couple of those pearls. Too, wasn't it? Where, yeah, yeah, it's when and, they're early in the shot clock that you don't And like there were him. a couple pull-ups he took where he just didn't have the room. Like, you're for, you're forcing it to try and get yourself hot. He did that a few times at Maryland, too. And it's just like, if you don't have it, you can impact the game without scoring points by being the point guard, you know? Yeah. And and I know there weren't many openings tonight. I mean, quite frankly, it's he was doing the best he could. But he's got to step up against Michigan. I, I think that he's going to have an opportunity to have a real good game, and he has to for them. Yeah, to they're not very run. good defensively, are they? No. Yeah. That's good. All right, fellas. Good Man, having what a whirlwind. Good winning. Heck yeah. Two big we games. Will, uh, yeah, let me know Thursday. I'm, Thursday, I'm available I think, Thursday anytime. I think I'm available Thursday, but I will let you know. Okay. I'm not 100% We're going to make you sure do it alone I'll at be there. 10 o'clock Pacific time. <laughs> then I'm out. Uh, see you guys next Ask week. Ask Ryan no, anything. Saturday. Saturday, I'll be on. All right, Ryan, real quick. I need 30 seconds on Kyrie Irving to the Mavs. I don't know why Mark Cuban would do that to his franchise, quite frankly. I think it was stupid. Uh, if they don't win a championship, which I don't think they will, uh, if they don't win they a can't guard anybody. Well, yeah, if they don't win a championship, the move was completely pointless. You gave up assets and your second and third best players for a guy who you're almost certainly not going to resign. And the people who are saying, like, yeah, but they'll get his cap space. He's only got a $36 million cap it. That's not enough for a max player. No one ever hope... comes to Dallas as a free yeah, agent. And, anyway. and Christian Wood will be a free agent too. So you can get to a max player, but you're giving up two players for one slot, you know, one max slot. It's a dumb trade. He was going to make trouble in Brooklyn. You probably didn't need to give up the picks and the, the, give up the draft assets to get him. You could have just given up the players who would help the Nets. Like it's, it's moronic. But also, I have heard that Nets owner Joe Sy turned down the Lakers offer because he didn't want to send Kyrie where he wanted to go. I heard that. And too. <laughs> I believe that 100 because the Lakers offer was probably better. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's more in the, in the future picks, but it was probably a better offer and the Nets turned it down uh, because they didn't want to send Kyrie where he wanted to go. And, you know, look at where Kyrie's been only place he's won a championship or, or, you know, been on a championship level run was, with LeBron James. And he made the big shot to win that series and all of that stuff, but he was the second guy on that team. And is he the second guy to Luka? Yeah, but is he going to accept that role? He didn't in Brooklyn. He didn't and with do the they Celtics. have the defensive role players those Cavs no, teams course, did. That's the thing. Of I don't think not. so. No. And and I feel bad for Luka. I I Luka is 
my favorite player in the NBA to watch other than LeBron James. And I like LeBron James just because he's a They're going to be fun offensively, though. Oh, I mean, yeah. It'll be, be the high-scoring offense in the it'll league. It'll be fun but... to watch, but it'll be what? The end of the season, Kyrie's going to be talking trash about this franchise. Like, I mean, Probably. it's it, he's he is never content, and that will continue. Uh, he, he crapped on the Cavs, crapped on the Celtics, crapped on the Nets. It's not going to change, man. It's just not going to change. They should have gone all out and gotten OG, paired him with Luka. There's your defensive been stopper and a guy who can make threes. But the OG market has been complicated by Kevin Durant potentially being available. So yeah, nobody boy. knows what the OG market will be right now, and he may not get traded as a result. I think he will be, though. Yeah. He needs to get off the, get off the Raptors. Yeah. They're falling apart. I mean, they're going to they're gonna have to rebuild after this year. Van Vliet's gone, probably, almost certainly. Um, yeah. So there's, there's some Van Vliet to the Lakers rumors. That should be an interesting pairing. That LeBron would, would love LeBron yeah. would love him, mm-hmm. but um, I will say this about LeBron too. I've been talking to people on Twitter. That people have been asking about where I put LeBron all time if he sets the scoring record, and I've said the same thing. And somebody said this a couple weeks ago, and it, it just it sums up my feelings perfectly. He is going to finish with the greatest career in NBA history, and a lot of people will not consider him the greatest player of all time. But from a career perspective. You cannot argue that he's fourth all time in assists and he's a forward. Like it kind of just it depends on the parameters of the debate. Again, you know? it's, it's it's like so it's like subjective. If, it's so yeah. subjective. Well, it's but, like I mean, it's like if Trace comes back right and sets the all time Indiana scoring record, is he the is he a better scorer than Calvert? Right? Or did he well, just play more games and accumulate more points? But so that's what of, I mean. Like it depends so here's, on here's how you say about LeBron. Here's what I'll say about LeBron that's different than TJD taking advantage of a COVID year. LeBron has also put himself in a position to play this long by how hard yeah. he works on his body and all of that stuff. And it's kind of changed the game the way Tom Brady changed the game for quarterbacks. Like, hey, if you take care of the, your body this way, you can play into your 40s. I mean, the way LeBron James takes care of his body, he copied sort of the Kobe Bryant model of spending millions of dollars to keep yourself in that kind of shape to play forever. And whereas guys in the nineties were out drinking and smoking cigars and all of that stuff when they weren't playing and their bodies broke down in their thirties. So you can't really, I don't think you can really ding LeBron for making it so he could play this long. That said, I think one interesting measure for LeBron, if you're doing the LeBron Jordan comparison thing or whatever, is that LeBron has been in the NBA for 20 years and he has had the, he has been on the best team in the NBA maybe three times Jordan was on the best team in the NBA, probably seven seasons. One of them was like a half season because he came back. So, so we'll give him six and it was the six. They won championships. Bron's only been on the best team three times. And one time in the finals, they ran into that Dallas team that was on an ungodly run that I don't think anybody was beating that year. And he played the worst game of his life. I mean, he was awful in that series. Yeah, yeah he was. I think LeBron is amazing viscerally i'll still take michael no probably i would probably call michael the greatest player of all time as well but but lebron's right up there in the conversation i do think lebron is going to have what we look at in 10 years as the greatest career of all time if you're well ready if you're just basing it on championships of course it's jordan was six or six but overall his career is going to be considered the best of all time i think for sure and jordan also you know jordan stepped away for a while jordan you know like it was you know you can't. You have to take that all into consideration. He he opted to walk away for a while. So, coach, nice give us your NBA coach. NBA hot takes with Tom Sony, please. 
Coach Tom, <laughs> Coach Tom Sony has no Coach takes Tom. on the NBA. <laughs> College basketball podcast. Going to give you 20 minutes on the NBA. No, All right. I, uh, I watched the league in April and May. Yeah. Look. Occasionally. I appreciate. <laughs> uh, here's the thing about LeBron, too, that is, that is amazing, is that he was the most hyped prospect in the history of the league, and he surpassed every expectation, which never That's happened. incredible. That never happens. Even Peyton Manning, who was the most hyped quarterback to come out of college in forever, he, I mean, he was expected to win like seven Super Bowls. And he, he had an gr- amazing career, set all the records. But even he, like, didn't break the mold the way LeBron has. I mean, LeBron's changed positional basketball, you know. I mean, you can have a 6'9 guy legitimately doing every single thing on a basketball court, and I'm not sure that was really a thing before him consistently so now you've got a ton of guys who could do that so yeah the way jordan broke the mold for guards i think that he broke the mold for forwards so that's that that's my nba minute thank you very much <laughs> i asked read, you for read more seconds. takes at the big lead.com <laughs> you get so many brownie points for that oh, all right guys i'm gonna go eat something <laughs> coach is ready for bed He's ready for it. Jared, Jared wants to keep talking, so he doesn't have to worry about, about if the kids are getting out of bed or not. Oh, uh, no. As long as I'm in here, I'm safe in my office. Yeah. It's, it's the co- I, I the got some bracketology work to do, fellas. I gotta, and uh, make sure you seats. ask Jay. Make sure you ask Jay for his text. Oh, I, got, I got a hotline um, straight to Jay for any any hot debates. Indiana could be a one-seed coach. You funniest. I mean, there were, look, there were many funny moments from this weekend. Certainly, our buddy Greg referring to you as Tom over and over again is, oh, is moment number one. Killed me. Absolutely. But the uh, the late night intense arguing between Coach and Jay. I was sitting at the other end of the table. Just loved and specifically, Brad Underwood was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I, what I, did, I can't do it justice. Like, I wish we had video. What, did, what to was show the people. one quote Coach had? He said, like, I don't know. I texted it. I, yeah, I put you put it, it in your notes. Messages. Hold on. Uh, it was someone. Someone oh, say something interesting while I look yeah, this up. It, it said so something funny. like uh, someone comment. He said he was sexy or something. Jace sexy or something. I said, yeah, you're closer to sexy than you are being right in bracketology or something. That's right. something. <laughs> and Jay's not good looking either. Yeah. <laughs> Coach to Jay. Okay. Here. Hey, uh, here. Here. Jared, 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 Jared. Hold on. Jared. Hold on. You need to pull that clip for when we do the mediocre question. Yeah. Jay's not good looking either. Like that's yeah. that needs to be pulled. There's there's two quotes I have in here from the weekend. One is Coach to Jay. You're closer to being sexy than you are to being right about bracketology. <laughs> and then let's see. This was about an hour prior. Where's your bracketology, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> That's, if, you guys, Jared, if you guys have them in the meetup, it's a great time. You gotta Jared, go next year. Those were my back-to-back comments, an hour apart. Like I only got two. It was one. One was at one at twelve forty-five, the bracketology pitch, and then the other one was at one forty-five. I didn't say a word. I just got berated by Jay. No. <laughs> All right, guys. Did I'm you see Jay's seats today? By the way, Jay was yeah, Jay four seats. side seats tonight. Yeah, you could nice. tell once he sent that picture out that you could tell by his bald head from the TV camera when they panned down to the the, the shiny to the, to the uh, north end. You could pick out that bald dude is bigger than life. He was like third seat in or second, yeah, and he was small too, too little. 
Are you doing the Drew Timmy? You doing the Drew Timmy too small? I should have sat right next to him and said, "Uh, you're too little. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) That was fun. All right, let's get out of here. I got some work to do. Bye, guys. Don't you have an article to write? By the way, I'm writing an article about Trace Jackson Davis. It'll be in the community tomorrow. Or go to thebiglead.com, bigleague.com. Follow it at thebiglead on Twitter. Oh, man. Okay. That's right. right. Random random sports talk and uh, meetup banter brought to you by the big lead. That's AC after dark stuff right there. (laughs) That really was after dark. Well, yeah. we haven't we haven't gotten silly at the end of a show in a while. We're well, gonna do this more. Winning, yeah, we we got to get it out yeah, now because the next couple games could be rough. Winning, that's right. We're going on the road. Have some fun now. <laughs> no, Coach Morrow, that was late Saturday night, man. It was that was that was late, super late. It was a royal. Nothing rumble, good. At, don't don't worry, don't worry, uh, Coach Morrow. Nothing good happens after one a.m. <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. Hey, Lisa, I'm, 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 I'm hitting, still I'm hitting with leave this. studio. I think Lisa made Bye. fun of me, if I'm right, <laughs> Jared. Lisa, made, Lisa, who always compliments me and everyone in the community for writing stuff, I think she had something. I couldn't find it. I was going to put it up on the screen. She but made fun of you old, in the chat? Yeah, sweet old Lisa, I think, said something. Or maybe I, I just attributed it to Lisa. Lisa, do you, do you have that real quick before I go? I thought that was funny. Um, I don't know what you said. No, nah. I know she said she said thanks, Tom Sony. I've got oh, that, that was it. Thanks, Tom Sony. So it, yeah. you know she had to be nice and keep, continue to thank and then add the Tom Sony in. So I <clears> we need you know we need assembly call shirseys that have Tom Sony that have Tom <laughs> Sony on the back with like double zero or whatever your number is. That's what we need. It's part of my nil deal. <laughs> I, I get I get two dollars a t-shirt. <laughs> I'll end up with like six dollars. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think that one will sell a lot. <laughs> Tom Sony, Tom. <laughs> dude, that's not the first time. It's happened a lot in my life that someone thought my name was Tom. So. Has it really? I guess that makes oh, yeah. sense. Oh gosh, oh, crazy stuff. All right, that I'm was out. great. All right, y'all. We'll see, <laughs> see you guys. <laughs>